Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. Amen, amen. Hey, give it up for the band as you have a seat. Come on. You can have a seat. Tell somebody they look good. Digging the shoelace this morning, Hannah. That's I'm digging it. I saw a huge rainbow coming in this morning, and then I saw one on Hannah's feet. Just got the bottom too. Oh yeah, go ahead, Hannah. How you doing? How you guys feeling this morning? You good? Did you did you stay dry? If you get here at, uh, you know, a little after seven, you know, you miss the rain. That's, uh, that's when I got here. So praise God. Hallelujah. Man, Friday night was good. I'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, we're going to share a testimony real quick. You guys like testimonies? Yeah. All right. Zoe, come on up. Hello. Good morning. So everyone, don't, don't, don't do that. Be, be relaxed. Okay. There you go. Every Wednesday we have women's jail ministry. So yeah. if you want to join, talk to Chelsea. Yeah, well, that's not what's happening right now. But, Tell us your so <laughs> um, Wednesday night during worship, I told the ladies to just dance and get free. And Wait a minute. I, you're, you're in the jail or we're in the jail. Well, let's set up the story a little bit here. So what night was it? Wednesday night. So Wednesday night you went to the jail. Went to jail with. Hannah. With Hannah. Okay, and you went in there and the ladies gather around or what happens? We go into their bedroom, basically, and sit at their dining table. And we invite everybody in there to come and sit with us. We do worship. We pray. We give a word. Okay, so you were starting with worship. Yeah, so we started with worship and I saw Jesus standing in front of the ladies and she was new. So I went to her and told her, I see Jesus in front of you, and started praying for her. And uh, she, after I prayed, she said she saw Jesus standing in front of her with her, with his, with his arms open wide. Of course. Of course. And she said there was, a, there was a wall of doubt separating them. Wow. So then I gave my word, and afterward, she talked about all these miracles that happened in her life, and how she knows God was in it, but she hadn't really given her life to him yet. Uh And she wanted help to overcome her bad habits. Yeah. So we know somebody who's really good at that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so Hannah and I said, all right, let's pray for you to get filled with Holy, Holy ghost right now. Yes, He is a helper (laughs) in time of need, isn't he? (laughs) Yes. And, I saw God give her two options, two bowls. The bowl on the left was full, it was black and full of death, like ashes. And the one on the left was, or the one on the right was light. And God said, you can choose this. The, the death one is going to, the road to death is going to be a lot easier, but you can choose this one, but you're going to have to commit. It's going to take effort. And then... I told her the road that to death is an easy road, but it ends bad. It just yeah. <laughs> it's got an ugly end. And so I, I told her that and I said, whatever you're feeling in your heart to just start saying it out loud. And she started accepting Jesus into her heart. 
I didn't even, like, lead her. She just said. <laughs> she was saying, Jesus, come into my heart. I want to follow you. I choose you. And, and then she started shaking, like, really shaking. And I saw angels come and take all the black out of her. And, and she was shaking for probably about 10 minutes. But I asked her afterward what she was feeling. And she said, Jesus came with a hammer and shattered everything in me. And, and um, so he was shattering all the doubt, all the disbelief. And... And she saw him take away all her sins, all her desire to sin, all of that. Amen. And she said she, she never felt like that before. She was stunned and Amen. couldn't really talk after that. So, yeah. Amen. So, hey, if you want to volunteer for ladies' prison ministry in the lobby after service, <laughs> lobby after service, uh, they'll have connection cards in there. You can fill it out. One of our uh, connections people will be more than happy to help you out with that. Give it up for Zoe if you would. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad that was good. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 5. We're going to get in the Word this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're experiencing something really, really special here at Revival Life. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, Friday night at uh, the burning room, we just prayed in the Holy Ghost for an hour. That was good, right? Just kind of waves of presence came through the room. Uh, if you have testimonies, if you would email them in, that'd be awesome. Uh, so we're, we're, we're working our way through the book of Acts. We're here in Acts chapter 5. And uh, last week's message kind of fell apart because Jesus decided to come in and mess with our service. So uh, I'm going to kind of pick up at the end of that scripture, starting in uh, verse 29. And as you know, uh, uh, the disciples were, uh, they, kept, they kept being told to stop talking about Jesus. And uh, they kept refusing to do that. They kept uh, just, just following God. And again, um, time and again, they're brought before the uh, civil and religious authorities and are threatened uh, and being told to stop talking about Jesus. And uh, as we study the scripture, it, it's, it's what we find time and again is we, we better know what we're going to do when the eventual outcome happens. Right now, this is good and bad. Uh, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about what happens when the Lord comes and touches your life, revival touches your life, and He breathes on that dream that He's giving you. You better be ready for when the Lord's favor comes on that thing you've been praying for. We, we, we better be ready for it. We better be, we better be ready for it. You better know what to do when God pours His Spirit out on your ministry or when He pours His Spirit out on your business or when He pours His Spirit out on your dreams. We have to be ready for it. We can't just be equipped for where we're at. We need to be equipped for where we're going, right? We have to be equipped for where we're going. We can't just be good for where we're at. We can't just live for the status quo. We better be ready for where we're going. At the same point, we better know what we're going to say when the opposition comes to what we're called to do. We better make the decision of what we're going to do when the opposition comes before we have to make a decision. We have to make a decision before we have to make a decision. Because just like uh, Zoe's testimony, there are choices laid before us, and we better have the decision made before it's time to make the decision. Otherwise, we'll go with what's in our, in our gut, and that is to just follow the easy road. And as we see, and the, even the prophetic word told us, the easy road is a road of death, right? 
The easy road is the road of death. And so we need to make a decision before it's time to make a decision what road we're going to follow. Right? We need to make a decision before it's time to make a decision what road we're going to follow. Time and again, I have to make a decision that I'm going with the Holy Spirit, not going with the easy road, the popular road, the popular crowd, what, what the world expects. I have to go with Holy Spirit. And time and again, uh, the, 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 it's placed before me that I need to physically, mentally, uh, purposefully make a decision on which path I'm taking. And the Lord brings that up for me time and again. And I believe he probably does for you as well. What am I going to do when the two roads are laid out in front of me, the easy road or the road to go with God? <clears throat> and it's so funny because the, the choice is deceptive. The, the, the choice is, if I just go along with what the world wants me to do, things will get easier. But you and I both know that is not true. But that is the cloud. That's the, the pretty picture that's placed in front of us. If we just go along with the crowd, if we just do what they want us to do, then the problems go away. But how many of you know they are the ones who started the problem? If you decide to go along with the people who started the problem, thinking that the problems will go away is deception. That's why we don't negotiate with terrorists. You just reward them for terrorism. The enemy is a terrorist. His only goal is to bring terror in your life. And when you negotiate with a terrorist, it is never enough. They only want more. They only want more of your heart, more of your time, more of your love, more of your commitment. They just want more. They're never satisfied. Givers can never give enough. Takers can never take enough. And the enemy is a taker. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he can do is steal, kill, and destroy. And anytime we give him room in our life, he just is going to steal, kill, and destroy more. Amen? And so we have to make a decision before it's time to make a decision. Which road am I going down? Even if it is more difficult, even if it looks harder, even if it costs me more, even if it costs me my reputation, even if it costs me the things that I have built up, no matter what it costs, I'm still going with God. Amen? And these disciples at this point had already made a decision that their decision was already made. They'd already decided. Peter had seen enough. He'd been through enough. He'd lived enough. He knew that the road of the world and the road of religion would not satisfy. Only functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the life of God, with the love of God, only that will fulfill what God has called him to do. They had already made the decision. This is only a few, this is a very short time after the death and resurrection of Jesus, but it was already decided in his heart. And look at this. They had told them, listen, you just stop talking about Jesus. You just stop talking about Jesus or we're going to hurt you. Verse 29, Acts 5, 29. Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. Verse 30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you had put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to the right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Ghost whom God had given to those who obey him. We find ourselves in this situation so often. We find ourselves in this situation so often that this, this is laid out before us. 
And people are stuck between two decisions, as the Bible says. And, and, and for so long in the church, and, and, and what has gotten even more popular these days is we've taught people what to think so long we've not taught people how to think. How to process what is happening in the world. How to process what these, what the, 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 the seduction of the world. And we have so many leaders in church these days that are that are that, are, that just want to be just want to be the, the best friend of the world and want to be the best friend of Hollywood and want to be the best friend of politicians. And you have to wonder, are they the best friend of Jesus? Because they start to sound like the world. They start to sound like the politicians. They start to sound like Hollywood. And they don't anymore sound like Jesus. We got to make a decision. Who are we following? And let's do it on purpose. Amen? Wherever we're going, let's go there on purpose. I don't want to get at the end of my life and then wonder, okay, where where am I? I, And how did I get here? I want to get where I'm going on purpose. And for me, that's to be with Jesus. That's with Jesus. Now, in those days, they had the... The, 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 they had their power from following the, what they called the Great Sanhedrin. We talked about this. The, the councils that were set up all over uh, the Roman Empire. Uh, in, in, in the, and in the center of each district, they had the, the Great Sanhedrin. And these priests, they, they got their power from following the Great Sanhedrin. Following the agreed upon way of the world. Not rocking the boat. And the religion begins to, when we, when we want the power other than from Jesus, religion starts to look like the current power structure. You can't tell the difference between the two. You can't tell who, who came up with this idea. Was it Jesus or the world? Now, what we would like is the world to look like Jesus. We would like the church to look like Jesus. But when we see a church in the world that don't look all that different, and then we look at the scriptures and we see something very different, We see some people did not make a decision before they got into the room of power. When they got into the the rooms of the world's power, they had not already made a decision, I'm following Jesus and not the world. Because then the church starts looking like the world. Does this make sense? And and it's so seductive. Listen, you get a little more power, you have a little more freedom, give you a little more popularity. You'll be able to reach more people if you just look like us. And the question is, if I look like you, why would they follow me instead of you? Is the world looking for a Jesus that looks like the world? Why would they? Why would the world follow a Jesus that looks like the world? The world does the world better than we do. Why would they find a Way FM version of the world appealing? It doesn't make any sense, does it? But this is the seduction of the world. If you just just Get along. Just go along and get along. And you'll get so much more wildly spread. Right. But at what cost? The cost of the very power that separates us from the world. This is what the spirit of religion does. The spirit of religion makes you feel great walking with the herd. I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm going along where everybody else is going. Look, I'm, 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 look, we're all going to this. Isn't that awesome? By the way, where are we going? I don't know. We're just going. I don't want to be part of the herd. I want to be part of the flock of Jesus Christ. I want him to be the good shepherd, and I want to be one of the sheep in his sheep pen. Amen? 
This is what we need. This is what the world needs. Amen. Amen. Come on. This is what we want to be. And so we start embracing this people-pleasing way of life. We start living for the crowd to approve of us. I tell you what, I don't care what the crowd does. If Jesus Christ approves of you, you are in the right camp. If you hear, well done, good and faithful servant, I'm here to tell you, you have made the right choice. You've made the right choice. You've gone in the right direction. You're following the right crowd. The scriptures make it very clear. Beware when everybody is applauding you. When everybody is telling you you're doing the right thing. When the world begins to applaud what you're doing, watch out. When we don't look any different than them, we don't sound any different than the world, we don't smell any different than the world, we're not doing anything different than the world, what we, what we do with our money doesn't look any different than the world, how we raise our families doesn't look any different than the world, we got to watch out. We got to watch out. And I'm not worried about the world, I'm not scared of the world, I'm not, I'm not saying we got to go into our shelters and hide underground. We're not talking about some cultic thing of worrying about the boogeyman world touching us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a heart issue. I'm talking about where do we get our values from? Our values have to come from the Lord Jesus Christ and not the current grand Sanhedrin. Because we've set up our own Sanhedrins. We call them apostles now. And we've set up our Sanhedrin and we let them tell us what is okay to do and what parts of the Bible to ignore and what parts of the words of Jesus aren't that important as long as we're going along with the great Sanhedrin of the current popularity contest in Christianity. Jesus warned us. And, 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 and we, we, we have to be one eye on Jesus, one eye on the world. Amen? We have to be seeing what Jesus is telling us. We can't live a people-pleasing life. Living your life to be a people-pleaser will separate you from God's plan for your life. Because the world has a plan for your life. If you don't have a direction for your life, the world will give you one. And it will cost you everything. And you'll get nothing in return. Because you will never please the world. You will find pleasure in Jesus Christ, though. You will find pleasure in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? You have to make a decision. Now, I hope that you all are very successful in God's eyes and successful in worldly treasures. I, I absolutely, and I don't think that's impossible. I don't think it's impossible to be financially successful and be walking with Jesus Christ. I, I think it's possible to have a, an amazing family, an amazing uh, uh, a home life, an amazing uh, relationships and walk with Jesus Christ. I absolutely believe it's possible. I do not believe that the world can all celebrate you and you're watching, walking hand in hand with Jesus your entire life. I just, just because, the, because the Bible promises us that troubles will come. And at some point, the enemy is going to want to expose you for being a believer. And he's going to want you to cower. He's going to want you to be like, uh, John the, like the, Jesus said to John the Baptist. Would you come to see a reed shaking in the wind? No, that's not what you see when you see me. You don't see a guy who's shaking, worried about what every, every way the wind is going, and I'll go with wherever the wind is going. No, 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 that's, no, that's not who I am. That's not who I'm called to be. That's not who my God is. Amen? Amen. I feel God on this message right here. I'm going to get into it very quickly since I have 16 minutes. <clears throat> there was a king over Israel, Saul. Saul dealt with this people-pleasing thing, but he didn't deal with it well. Saul started off well, didn't end well. 
there was a prophet, Samuel. And Saul was supposed to do a certain thing for God, and Samuel didn't actually do it. And he just thought, well, you know, God understands. He understands if I don't go along with everything he says. He understands that there's pressure and, and there's the world. And it's at 1 Samuel 15, 24. Saul says to Samuel, so here's what happened. Let me, let me out the story real quick if you're not real familiar with it. Uh, Saul uh, was supposed to go and murder all these people. Everything. The animals, like literally, if it was living, he was supposed to kill it. And Samuel decided to uh, amend that a little bit. And so uh, Samuel didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, excuse me, Saul, I've got the names going back and forth, please forgive me. All right, there, there was a prophet named Samuel, there was a, a King Saul. And so Saul didn't uh, kill everybody he was supposed to kill. And uh, he decided, well, maybe we'll wait for that, and maybe we won't do this, and maybe we'll do all these other things. And, 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 and the prophet came and said, what did you do? Why didn't you follow God? Why did you decide, why, why would you disobey the Lord and do whatever you want to do? And we find this scripture here, 1 Samuel 15, 24, Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have indeed transgressed the command of the Lord and your words, the prophet, because I, look at this, I feared the people and listened to their voice. Because I feared the people and I listened to their voice. When you're following people that you're fearful of, probably not going to lead you to Jesus and his plan for your life. God is not hiding his, his, the, the doorway of his joy, of his peace, of his grace behind the voice of those who want you to do something other than follow God. And so in verse 26, verse 26, the prophet talks back to him and he's like, hey, guess what? Because, <laughs> because you have rejected the word of the Lord, the Lord has rejected you from being king. That's hard, right? That's a hard word. And you might say, wow, I'm so thankful I'm not in that covenant. And amen, thankful we're not in that covenant. But how many times do we reject God's plan for our life because we rejected the word of the Lord for our life? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Amen. How many times did God just tell you, hey, go do this. And because of people, we didn't do it. And then we don't come into God's peace. We don't come to his blessing. We don't come into his purpose. We got to choose before we have to choose. And of course, the apostles knew this. So in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, they, they said, I'm, I'm, I, can't, I cannot have the kingdom stolen from me the way it was stolen from the king Saul. I have to make a decision before I have to make a decision. And so I hear, here I am in front of these people, and uh, I don't want a Samuel coming out, of the, coming out of the woodwork saying, I've rejected you, and now you're going to be like Judas. Because they saw the thing happen in this covenant to Judas. On this side of the cross, they saw it happen. And they're like, not me. Uh-uh. I'd rather have you guys murder than me lose my testimony. And so they said, we must obey God. We must obey God. We must obey God. Listen, we're a prophetic people. And prophetic people speak truth to power. That's what the prophetic voice has always done. It speaks truth to power. Doesn't speak anger to power. Doesn't speak judgment to power. Doesn't speak it's our own, our own uh, uh, you know, agenda to power. Speaks truth to power. Let me say it this way. Prophetic voices make things awkward. 
Prophetic voices get awkward. Things get awkward. And if you're a people pleaser, uh, there's there's an anointing behind that to bring comfort to people. But we can't bring comfort to people by pushing Jesus out of the room, right? You people with with, with that that real gifting to to understand people's hurts and feel their hurts and want to make them feel better, we got to understand that that real salve, that that real ointment, that that real healing comes from the presence of Holy Spirit. It comes from the, the Holy Ghost of God coming in and soothing hearts and bringing comfort and bringing peace. That's real peace. That's real comfort. That's real healing. Telling people the things they did wrong aren't a big deal. That's not going to do it. It only comes through repentance and the reception of Holy Spirit. It gets things awkward. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We have to decide that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We have to decide that he's Lord of all and that his word is enough. Colossians 2, Paul said it this way. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through Jesus. God triumphed over every ruling authority through Jesus Christ. And no matter what situation you're in, when there's another authority trying to bring truth, trying to bring power into your life, trying to bring a, some sort of... Jesus Christ has triumphed over that authority. And when you get with Christ, you're over that authority. Amen? Now listen, if you break the law, don't try to pull this on the judge. Because you're under that authority. This is, this is, these, are, these are authorities that come against truth we're talking about here. We're not... We're not talking about authorities who are trying to bring truth into your life. Right? If you're going to get popped on a P-test, don't, don't start quoting things, right? Truth will be revealed through that test. Right? And we have to love truth. No matter, even if it hurts us, we have to love truth because we need that correction. We need the correction that comes in, that brings, that truth says, listen, I have failed. I need to start doing that. We need to love truth, even if it comes against our agenda. Even when our favorite star we find out to be morally corrupt or our favorite politician turns out to be morally corrupt, we have to be able to say, this is wrong. This behavior is wrong. I want you to be right, but you have failed. And I have to love truth over my agenda. I have to love truth over my agenda. I have to love truth over my agenda. I have to. Because only one of those things will give me eternal life. And I have to go with eternal life. And so, so I quickly, in the next couple minutes here, I want to just share you. Listen, when we're, when we're facing a situation, we're coming into a season, we're coming into a situation, and you're not sure how to react like, like, you know the pressures are coming and you know decisions going to have to be made and you know it's going to be uh, public. What do I do? How to react to these things? Three real quick things that I, I just kind of want to give you off the top of my head here. Uh, the fir- fir- what you do in these situations. The first one always, and I preach this all the time, be humble. Be humble. Being mean and oppositional and not listening is not the way of Jesus Christ. Being so fearful of people that you yell at them, you call them bad names, you do terrible things to them, you slander them. This is not the way of Christ. Be humble. Be humble. As we read the words in red in our Bible, as we read the words in red, time and again, Jesus is like, "Don't, don't, don't try to defend yourself. I will defend you. That's the way, that's the way of humility. 
That's the way of relying on truth, not trying to overcome people with power. When we're humble, the Bible says, we get grace from God. The Bible says that he gives grace to the humble. And when you don't operate in God's grace, all you have is your own power. And, and there are people in the world who have more power than you. There's people in the world who have more clever arguments than you. We need to be humble enough to allow Jesus Christ to flow through us. Now we see that the martyrs, the martyrs are literally underneath the throne of, of Jesus Christ in heaven, crying out, when, when, when will you avenge? The way of the world is that you never get martyred. You never get martyred for your faith. What the Bible clearly, clearly exalts in today's Christianity, we're not going to have any martyrs. We're busy murdering the people that we're called to love. And it's celebrated in church today. Someone comes against you, you murder them. That's wonderful, except it's not what Jesus said. Is it okay if I just preach the Bible? Is it okay? Is it okay if I preach the Bible and not the Washington Post or the New York Times or, or Fox News? Or is it okay if I actually talk about what Jesus talked about in church? I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Hey, someone comes against you, it, it's okay, let them. Not in American Christianity. We've developed a new Christianity in America. And, and it's great and all, it's just not going to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. Right? Well, pastor, are you saying if someone, I'm not saying anything. I'm saying you better get these words of red in your heart and figure out what Jesus is saying. And if it doesn't look like humility, you might be wrong. Hallelujah. It got quiet. I'm just saying. I got to preach Jesus Christ. I got to dance with the one who brung me, right? And I got this far with Jesus. I'm not going with someone else now. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number two, as I'm closing here. I'm not really closing. That's just something to say. This pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. I tell you what, pray in the Holy Ghost. There's a reason the world makes fun of it, because they don't get it, because they don't get it. They don't get it, because they don't get it, right? We get it, so we get it, right? And we, 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 need, we, we get it, so we need to use it. It's important. There's got to be a reason Jesus sent it, amen? So we need to pray that tongues is the bridge between the supernatural realm in this natural realm, it is the bridge. It is our bridge. Holy Spirit manifesting in us. And I tell you what, when we're, we're facing a tough situation, we better know how to tap into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. Look at this, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. One who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. I don't know about you, but there's too much man speaking these days. We just speak to God a little bit more. There's a reason the religious don't want us to speak in tongues, because we'll be speaking to God and not to them. And they want to be the mediator of our faith instead of Jesus Christ. This is a spicier message than I planned, but, but you know, I'm not going to stop now. Hallelujah. It says, for no one understands, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. They're like, well, I just don't understand tongues. Amen. You're being biblical. It's right there. We don't understand. Hallelujah. You didn't even know you're being biblical. You're being biblical. Well, I don't understand it. Good job. Now speak in tongues. I don't understand. I know. Speak in tongues. No one understands. Then why are we doing it? Because he told us to. It's in the Bible. 
Romans 8, 26, in the same way, the spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. How many have said that before? I don't have any idea how to pray on this thing. I don't even know how to pray about this right here. I don't even know. I mean, as, as a minister, and we just have so many ministers in this church who minister to people all the time. People come to you and they say things. They're like, what do we do? He's like, shakaba, shakaba. I don't have. <laughs> We're just going to pray in tongues because I don't have any idea how to pray out of this mess right here. Ain't no one ever taught me how to deal with this mess right now. We just going to pray in tongues. Shaba. 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 I don't have any clue what we're talking about right now. What are we talking about? How did you get in this mess? You start ministering to people. You're like, can you just draw a map on how you got there? Like, what? <laughs> it's going to take a kaleidoscope to figure out this thing right here. I don't. I'm sorry, what did you think the problem is? The problem is where you wound up? No, 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 no. This is the problem. <laughs> oh, not this. This is the problem. All this. It's like a game of whack-a-mole, right? It's like a game of whack-a-mole. You think you got the problem? Oh, no, there's another bad decision. Oh, there's another bad decision. Oh, there's, there's a dumb decision. Oh, well, there's another one over there. <laughs> Come on, we, we make messes, amen? And it's like, you think that was a bad decision. Watch this next one to deal with that one. Not going to trap me in one bad decision. I got them coming for days. <laughs> Woo. In the same way, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. And we are weak, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We need to pray in tongues more. We just need to pray in tongues more. We just need the presence of Jesus in us and through us more. Third thing, third thing, you got you to tell the gospel story. You got to tell the gospel story. Tell the gospel story. And this is so amazing that these guys are standing in front of the people who are, are murdering. They murdered Jesus. This is the crowd. This is the group of folks who orchestrated the murder of Jesus Christ and so many others. And these folks who were told, listen, if you keep doing this, we're going to murder you like we did the guy you're talking about. They're talking about the greatness of the guy they murdered. Like we didn't like him, so we had him murdered. We told you to stop doing what he did. And what do you do? What, what we told you to stop. And what do they say to him? Do they say, hey, no, I wasn't really. No, no, I, no, 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 you don't understand. They said, no, here, look what they said. Look at what they said. The God of our fathers, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the guys you say you're following, whom you put to death by hanging him on the cross. Now, look what they did. They connected the death of Jesus to these people. First, they connected Jesus to God's will. This man was God's will, and you murdered him. Immediately, they, they, they let these folks know, you are outside of God's will. You come to judge me, but I'm here to judge you. I'm bringing Holy Spirit down, and we'll see where truth, where truth lies. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom you put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God exalted to his right hand as prince. We talked about these two words, prince and savior, 
to grant repentance to Israel. Now, he personalized the gospel for the people he's talking to. These are the leaders of Israel. And he's telling them, our God, the God of our forefathers, sent this man to be our judge and you murdered him. Sent him to be the prince and you murdered him. Sent him to be our savior. You murdered him. To grant repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Ghost whom God has given to those who obey him. And he said, literally, listen, I and the Holy Ghost know you did this. And you don't know it because you don't have the Holy Ghost because you aren't obeying him. This is preaching the gospel. This is making a decision before you have to make a decision. Sweet Jesus, that's bold. You got to figure like they just thought, okay, now we're, we're clearly going to be murdered. So we're just going to lay it on the line now. Like, what's, do you have any last words? Well, yeah, here they are. Listen, when you go with the crowd, the crowd is the judge. When you go with Jesus, Holy Ghost will come and convict hearts. That is the role of Holy Spirit. What you're trying to do through the craftiness of men and your own words, Jesus is like, if you will humble yourself, then I will get to come in and I will do things you can't do. You have to put yourself in the gospel story and you have to share it. We need to share our testimony of how Jesus came into our lives. That's where it has power. Can I get a musician? Come on up. That, this is where the story has power. The story doesn't just have power telling the, the, the history lesson. Hear me. It doesn't just have power giving the history lesson. It has power when you put yourself in the gospel story and you share that. And that's what they did. Our fathers raised up Jesus. Our fathers. Not God is your judge and you need to. God has raised up our Savior. Our Prince. And we, we have seen it. And so has the Holy Spirit. What have you and the Holy Spirit seen? That's what the world needs to hear. The world needs to hear what you with the Holy Spirit have seen. Let's pray. Father, we just love you this morning. We love you this mm, we love you this morning Jesus. We love you this morning Jesus. <clears throat> ha 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 ha. Father, we want to be lovers of truth. We want to be love mm, we want to be lovers of truth. We want to decide before we have to decide. Lord, I just feel conviction all over the room for those who had opportunities to share the gospel but for some reason weren't ready. Just weren't ready. Father, we got a whole bunch of people in this room who really love you and want to do your will. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us. Ha. Shekaba. Let's wait on the Holy Spirit for one minute here. Why don't you just talk to him? Tell them how you fit into this message.
Holy Spirit, we, we, want, we really want to follow you with our lives. We want families that reflect you. We want kids that reflect you. We want finances that reflect you. We want a heart that reflects you. We pray that you would do a deep work in our heart. That we would tell your story to the people we come in contact with. Give us boldness to tell your story. To invite people to come and encounter your presence. That we would exalt truth in the earth. really feel that testimony that, that Zoe had is uh, really applicable to some people in here. And you just really need Jesus to break the wall that separates you and, and the holy life that you long to live. So if I can have everybody stand uh, with me. We're just going to pray for that. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come forward. Shekaba. Thank you, Jesus. I'm here to tell you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God for salvation. And I have preached the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. Ha! And I believe it can convert your soul right now. The gospel can convert your soul right now. It can set you free of those other forces that are not empowered by Holy Spirit. So everybody in this room right now, just close your eyes and bow your head. And Jesus, is there, huh, is there something I need to repent of this morning? Do I need to get cleansed this morning? Have I chosen the world's way over your way? And if you bring something up, just begin to ask them to forgive you. Now in a moment, I'm going to ask people to come forward if they need prayer. And if you're away from God, don't leave here away from God. That just doesn't make any sense at all. It's like driving to the gas station on E, buying a Coke, and driving home. It doesn't make any sense. It just doesn't make any sense. Especially if they're offering free gas, right? Free gas. So the Lord is here this morning to set you free, to fill your cup. But if you, need to, if you need just power, if you need help coming out of sin, if you, if you just, you know, you don't even, you know. We've got some people who want to pray for you this morning. Let's all pray together. Let me pray for you and then I'll let you go. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for these people under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would set them free this morning. Set them free. Mm, set them free this morning. Set them free this morning, Jesus. And I just feel right now some of you are going to get a boldness to preach the gospel. You're going to begin to just invite people just a boldness and, and, and even it, ha Holy Ghost come right now mm. ha right now you come right now if Holy Spirit is touching you right now in this you need to share the gospel with somebody today don't let it don't let it wear off get it going today ha and so we bless these under the sound of my voice Father I pray for their week I pray for their finances 
If you need to come forward to receive prayer, come now. Just come now. Just come now. And, and if uh, we're going to be in the lobby, uh, don't forget about women's ministry tickets and coffee. Amen? Amen. Give a clap out for the Lord if you would. Hug somebody near you on the way out. God bless you. Be careful driving. Come forward and receive some prayer.